0: welcome back to the prophetic collective a podcast that is all about living a prophetic life wherever god has placed you thanks for joining us on our brand new spiritual practices collection where we as a prophetic community learn about a number of ancient spiritual practices that will deepen your intimacy with jesus Thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast. It helps us to reach more people and equip them to live life confidently, hearing God's voice for themselves in their ordinary, everyday lives. Make sure you share these episodes on social media using the hashtag Prophetic Collective and tagging at Stacey Hillier so we can connect in prophetic community. Enjoy today's episode of The Prophetic Collective. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. You all know by now that in this collection, we are focusing on spiritual practices that help us as prophetic people to hear the voice of God in new and ancient ways before we speak for Him. And so far, we've looked at Ignatian meditation, Lectio Divina, and breath prayers. I love them all, but I'd love to hear what you've enjoyed trying. And today, we're going to look at silence and stillness. And today, might I say, are two very countercultural words. But before you switch off and go, I'm just not that kind of person, can I encourage you, stay. Even if this sounds like your worst extroverted nightmare, stay. Hear me out, people. Because the heroes of our faith discovered these practices, including Jesus himself. And you can enjoy them too. All it takes is a little bit of persistence, beginning with the end in mind and pursuing the treasure of hearing God's voice with all of our bodies, minds, and spirits. Let's start with a couple of scriptures. We're familiar with this one by now in this collection. Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. In Psalm 62, 5, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. In Habakkuk two twenty, But the Lord is in his holy temple, Let all the earth keep silence before him. You know, in the last couple of years, throughout the COVID pandemic, millions and millions of people have been forced into self isolation. And collectively, we have experienced something that many other generations have not, nor will ever experience. Author Daniel C says, We have experienced something we all crave more space. And he goes on to say that disruptive silence has a way of unhinging us. Ain't that the truth, people? Think about it. As the world got a whole lot quieter and more still than in my living memory for sure, even the earth began to heal and regenerate. Think about how many people started new creative business ventures or made big life changes. These are the gifts of silence and stillness. We have opportunity to hear the inner voice. On the Spirit's voice speaking to us as everything else becomes silent. Again, Daniel C says, when we listen deeply, we almost always change. I love that. When we listen deeply, we almost always change. And that's the Spirit's work in us to make us more like Christ. But it requires listening deeply to the Spirit's voice, teaching us, changing us, transforming us. I have found that people often fear silence. In fact, I did at first as well because I was used to filling my world with noise. Dallas Willard nailed it when he said, Silence is frightening because it strips us as nothing else does, throwing us upon the stark realities of our life. You will hear me quote that a few times in this collection because it's a profound statement. So what is silence? Well, silence is quiet and silence is devoid of distraction. Silence is a way to be with God. And God is often speaking, but often it's only the silent who hear him because they are actively listening. So, if you're a person who likes to be doing, here's a way you can think about silence silence is actively listening. Think of Elijah. He was used to hearing God in the fire. In the wind, just as Moses did on the very same mountain. He was used to hearing God in the spectacular and loud, and so are we. We build churches around the spectacular and around the loud. But there came a moment when it was in the stillness and the quiet that God chose to speak to Elijah. In fact, I want us to open the scriptures and read it together. I'm going to read to you from 1 Kings 19. I'm just going to pick up a couple of verses, verses 11 to 13. There came a voice to him and said, "'What are you doing here, Elijah?' Now, this word used here for the sound of a low whisper was actually really difficult for scholars to translate from the original language. A better translation would be that God was in the silence." How do you explain that God was in the sheer silence? I mean, it's difficult for his voice to be in the sheer silence, but that's actually what the literal translation is, that God's voice was found in the sheer silence. Elijah met God in the silence, and so will we. I'm going to quote one of my favourite authors and teachers, Pete Scazzaro here. He says, "'Silence is a special form of attentiveness to God.'" Silence is where God dwells, but we live surrounded by noise. The experience of silence is so rare that we must guard and treasure it. Do you know, silence doesn't have to be stillness. You can go on a silent prayer walk. It just means not putting your AirPods in and listening to music. It means not talking to another person. When I walk, I see so many people with AirPods and with headphones, etc. They're looking at their screens And we're missing God all around us because we can hear God with our eyes. Walk in silence and ask God to speak to you through what your eyes see. That's a good tip for our kinesthetic people. Let's talk about the noise that is surrounding us in the world just for a moment because I want to... Put some facts, some truth in your hand that might help you realize why you struggle with silence because it's actually very contrary to the way our whole society is built and the way our brains have been wired, how our neural pathways are now embedded and how they work. Do you know that every day, 306.4 billion emails are sent and 500 million tweets are made And it's estimated that by 2024, this will move to 361 billion emails being sent every single day. 1.145 trillion megabytes of data is created per day. You and I personally are consuming or taking in 34 gigabytes of information daily on average. Through mobile phones and online entertainment services, the internet, email, television, radio, newspapers, books, social media, people receive every day about 105,000 words or 23 words per second. That's just during our awake hours. Now, information scientists have quantified all of this. In 2011, Americans took in five times as much information every day as they did in 1986. So between 1986 and 2011, the amount of information that the average American was taking in was five times as much. In 2011, and that's grown since then, we just don't have the stats yet, people were consuming the equivalent of 174 newspapers in information per day oh my goodness the world's 21,274 television stations produce 85,000 hours of original programming every day and we watch an average of five hours of television daily which is the equivalent of 20 gigabytes of audio video images if this is getting overwhelming I'm doing that with intention that's not even counting YouTube which uploads 6,000 hours of video every hour. Oh, my goodness. And computer gaming, it consumes more bytes than all other media put together, including DVDs, TV, books, magazines, and the internet. We live in a noisy world. And whilst we see some of these issues being faced in Bible times, it is undeniable statistically that the amount of information we are expecting, the amount of noise, white noise, that we're expecting our brains to cope with has significantly increased in 2022 and across the past few decades. Jesus knew the importance of silence. In Mark one i I'm reading from the NIV, which is unusual for me. We read very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I want you to hear Jesus' invitation to us in the words of Mark 6.31. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. This is the invitation that silence offers you and I in an increasingly noisy world. In silence, God has many gifts for us. Silence has the ability to bring us back to ourselves, to make us attentive to God and to the world around us. We become people of depth when we become people who can embrace silence. We have well-thought-out thoughts. People who are never silent are often shallow and see-through, uncomfortable with themselves, Lacking the maturity that comes from allowing God to search us in silence, change us, and then lead us forward. I loved this story that I read recently of the 4th century abbot Agatha, who carried a stone in his mouth for three years until he learned to be silent. How many stones do you need in your mouth? (laughs) Well, have you noticed that the most personal and precious secrets are spoken in hushed tones between friends? I love how the NASB puts Psalm twenty-five fourteen. It says, The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word its deep inner meaning. In Amos 3, 7 in the ESV, my fave, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. But if we want to know these secrets... We just may need to shut up for a while and learn to be silent. Perhaps we need to hold a stone or two in our mouths. Eugene Peterson, who uh, is responsible for the message paraphrase of the Bible, he says this in a book about Lectio Divina. If listening is required in relationship with Jesus, silence is indispensable. Silence is a commonly overlooked element of language in general, but it must not be. Silence, which consists mostly of attentive listening, is non-negotiable. Listening, which necessarily requires silence on our part, is as much a part of the common language as words are. The colon and the semicolon, the comma and the full stop, all of which insist on silence as part and parcel of speech and are essential to language as nouns and verbs. But more often than not, silence gets short shrift. Yet, if there is no silence, our speech degenerates into babble. You know, our lives become messy and chaotic. Language that makes no sense if there are no pauses, commas, full stop, and times to be silent. In her book, Get Out of Your Head, Jenny Allen talks about the lie we believe about silence. She says, I'll feel better if I stay distracted. And the truth we need to replace it with is this, only being with God will satisfy me. Not convinced? Let's talk about some of the scientific benefits of silence. And I'm taking all of this from Psychology Today research. Firstly, silence has been found to stimulate brain growth. Studies in 2013 showed that when silence was observed for two hours, new brain cells connected to learning and recall were created. So if you're suffering with memory loss, try silence. The second positive effect of silence is that noise affects our stress levels by raising cortisol and adrenaline. A 2006 study showed that silence can relieve tension in just two minutes. Wow. Wow. The third benefit of silence is scientifically proven to be more relaxing for your body and brain than even listening to music. When tested, silence, as opposed to relaxing music, saw a lowering in blood pressure and increased blood flow to the brain. Fourthly, periods of silence throughout our day enhance sleep and lessen insomnia Fifth, noise pollution studies have been linked to increases in heart disease as well as tinnitus. The World Health Organization likens it to a modern plague. Wow, did you hear that? Noise pollution is a modern plague. The sixth benefit scientifically of silence is that it increases our focus. Herman Melville said all profound things and emotion of things are preceded and attended by silence. Abraham Lincoln said better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. (laughs) I love that. So before we practice one minute of silence, I want to ask you a question. Is it possible that you have only been searching for God in the wind? In the earthquake and the fire. We are now going to observe a minute of silence where you can be with God. You will hear a chime to begin and a chime to finish. I want you to focus on receiving God's love throughout this minute. If you get distracted, keep coming back to God's love for you. Are you ready? You can totally do this. Here we go, one minute of silence. Well, welcome back. (laughs) That was one minute. I want to encourage you to keep trying this because it's a deep way to hear from God. It's not about trying harder. It's about persevering longer. So now I want to talk about stillness, which is another way to encounter God and His voice. Let's again start with psychology today. You know how I love my research and love my stats and the benefits of stillness for our physical health. Firstly, stillness provides an opportunity to observe our frenetic thoughts, Tune into our bodies and listen to what life and the spirit is trying to tell us. Secondly, learning to be still can help reduce stress, improve sleep and listening. So there it is, being still and silent together. They aid one another, provide new ideas and remind us of the present moment. And third, stillness can be practiced throughout daily activities, such as stopping before a meal to pray or pausing when about to get into a car or during, during a walk. It's very easy to integrate stillness into your day. So we see here that silence is not essential for stillness to be a worship practice. You can be still and pray. You can be still and worship. You can be still and read scripture, the key is that you are not multitasking. You are being still and not doing anything to prove or to work for God's affection. You're just receiving. You see, stillness in a world that never ceases is actually an act of faith. It's laying aside the task list and just resting, knowing that we serve a God who is capable of seeing us through. Stillness is a counter-cultural and often counter to how we have flooded our bodies with adrenaline. So this may be difficult for you at first. You may have to detox from adrenal fatigue. Push through. You don't get better by avoiding it. You get better by practicing stillness. And this culture values action, movement, success, and the quest for more, 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 and more. That's the culture of our world. And if we aren't moving and we aren't conquering and we aren't rushing, the assumption is that there's something wrong with us. The faster someone goes, the more important they seem to be. They work long days, multiple jobs, and through nights and weekends, and this is celebrated. It's accepted and valued. But stillness is a way to prioritize our being with Jesus before we do for Jesus. I absolutely love what Mark Buchanan says. He's referring to Psalm 46.10, which we all know commands us to be still and know that he is God. Mark says, Some knowing is never pursued, only received. And for that, you need to be still. Author James Goll, who's a global prophetic voice, said this in his book. We cannot fully realize true intimacy with God until we learn how to come before him in quietness of spirit, mind, and body. An atmosphere of stillness is absolutely necessary for us if we wish to experience deep, loving communion with our Lord. Again, Psalm 37.7 commands us to be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. It's like, just cease striving, cease working. Just be still and wait. And this word used here is the word Damam, which means to be still and to be quiet. This is silence and stillness together in one. And they do often go together, but not always. So when was the last time you were completely still in his presence? We are now going to observe another moment of silence, but this time we are going to incorporate being aware of being still as well. Because again, you can be silent but not still, and that is a way to encounter God. I talked about silent walking. But this time I want to bring the two together because scientifically we've heard that the two aid one another and actually help us holistically improve our overall health and our spiritual connection. So what I want you to do is you're going to hear a gong to enter in or a chime to enter in and out. I want you to be aware of your breath. And this time I want you to focus on making your body still as an act of worship. So you could be thinking, I am being still. God is in control. I'm not working. I'm still. I'm not striving. I am still. God is enough. We're making our bodies a living sacrifice that's open to receive God's word to us today. So get yourself comfortable, find a place where you can be still and silent, and let's enter one moment of worship with stillness and silence to our God. Welcome back again. (laughs) Make sure you keep trying this. If that was hard, chill. It's okay. It was really hard for me at first, but the greatest treasures are worth pressing through. And you just have to keep practicing. You will get better and your body will adjust. Your brain will adjust. And see if you can extend your time out. See if you can get to 30 minutes of not moving. Whoa. Staying completely still is worship. I love it. So, once again, My precious, precious listeners, oh gosh, I pray for you so often, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I pray for each and every listener every week that you would feel Jesus and know Him more because of all that we're talking about. I pray for you that as prophetic people, you would be putting more tools in your armory so that you are growing up into all that God has for you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for subscribing, rating, sharing, reviewing the podcast. This helps the content and teaching to reach more people. And I can't do it without you. And I so appreciate you sharing that with me. You know people that I don't know. You influence people that I may never meet. So if this has helped you, choose two people to share it with today. People who maybe could really benefit from silence and stillness, encountering Jesus in a different way. Well, next week, we're going to look at the spiritual practice of the prayer of examine and the Daily Office. I can't wait to talk to you then. Until then, much grace, love, and peace to you today. Love ya! Did you know that Stacey also has a guided prayer podcast? Contemplative prayer is a rich, deep and rewarding way to encounter Jesus and the scriptures. With instrumental scores written to empower your encounters with Jesus, these prayers are a chance to be still and to step out of the hustle of today's fast-paced world. Available wherever you get your podcasts by searching Guided Prayers with Stacey Hillier.